And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up? I just put a saltine in my mouth. Oh, wow. Eating on the pod. It's so dry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Should have given you more time, Al. There's no oh, time. No. I we need have to no get time. Real, I need to get real breakfast food. I've just been eating sleeves of saltines every morning. Is that, is that for real? Yeah. Yeah. Al. Al, we got to get you some magic spoon or something. Please. In your mailbox. We got to get you some magic spoon. Help us out, magic spoon. Uh, okay, Al, the season's over. The Thunder are Woo! tied for, for fourth in the lottery odds. Yeah. And uh, now it's it's all up to uh, some ping pong balls and just straight up luck for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, it's going to be nerve wracking. But we're in such a better position than other teams um, because we have that Houston pick as well. Yes. And you just got to keep falling back on that. I mean, yes, it could happen. We could get totally screwed, end up with the seventh or eighth, or I think we can even fall to ninth now pick. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's like a 0.8% chance that we could fall to nine, I think. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at the positive. 75% chance of getting at least one top five pick. Yeah. Can't do too much better than that. That's all we really wanted this entire time. Let's see what happens. You know, I'm not, I'm not feeling bad. I'm, I'm over that Clippers game. Done thinking about it. Never want to talk about it again. You know what's so yeah. cool is if fortune comes to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and let's say we get mm-hmm. one top five pick or two top five picks, we'll never talk about that Clippers game ever again. It'll, sure. it'll just be out of our minds forever and ever. It'll become like a trivia question on Deborah Buckets 10 years mm-hmm. from now. Now, that said, pick, it, we'll talk about it forever. <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly what I was getting to. So uh, so that, that oh, game no. could or could not be a big part of our future. We'll see. Yep. I hope I don't. I hope I never have to think about it again. Oh, I hope. Man, I've been, I've been, just, I, yeah. I was going to say I've been loving, though, that uh, a lot of people have been tweeting about how blatant it was. It's not just yeah. us. People yeah. are bringing it up. There was a nice supercut made, like a two-minute supercut of just how terrible the Clippers were during that game. It was game. really egregious. It was absolutely egregious. Uh, did you catch any of the exit interviews, anything that stood out to you? I didn't really discuss it with Michele on Monday, so didn't know if there's anything that you saw um, or heard. I mean, I think uh, Shay saying that he still wasn't 100%, uh, that was probably the most interesting thing because you know we're getting closer and closer to olympics and who knows if the olympics are going to happen anymore but 
uh, I kind of always just assumed like, oh, there's no chance that Shea wouldn't play in the Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. But but it seems like it's still something he's dealing with. So who knows? Yep. Because um, I don't think he'll he'll go unless he's a hundred percent. So that that was yeah. probably the most interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, the emotional stuff from Mike Muscala was was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. That that was really cool of him to uh, open up like that. And obviously, like, I don't know if there was a guy who didn't want to stay in Oklahoma City. I mean, they were all very, they all had a, a lot of high praise for the organization and, and the city and just their teammates. So, mm-hmm. you know, for a team that was truly awful down the stretch, it would be completely understandable if some of those guys were just burned out by this point and like just didn't want to give the energy to talk about <laughs> what a fun year it was, you know? Yeah. But, but like to a man, they all seem like pretty happy with their situation. Which I, th- I think overall is looks makes the organization look good. Yeah, I, I kind of look back at even some of those Houston post game interviews during their big losing streak, and just how absolutely miserable they were. And even like, you go read Kelly Eco on the Athletic with Eric Gordon, and just how <laughs> like miserable those guys were. Right, and you didn't get a whole lot of that from the thunder, which I think is just about the culture and the environment that they create within the team. And, and I, there's, it, it's real. Yeah. And I, and also think it makes a huge difference that like the guys leading it aren't, you know, decade veterans who yeah. are very used to winning. And this is probably miserable for them. I mean, who knows mm-hmm. what it was like for Al Horford, but a lot of the, the majority of the guys on the thunder. And in, in fact, I saw that stat last night, during the Hornets game, the percentage of minutes played by first or second year players in the league. And mm-hmm. for the Thunder, it was 83%. And like yeah. the Hornets were two with like 56%. So I mm-hmm. think that makes a huge difference when you have a bunch of young guys who honestly are probably just thrilled to be getting this many minutes on an NBA team. Because if they were not oh, on yeah. the Thunder, very few of these guys would be getting this kind, these kind of minutes and this kind of role. No doubt. Yeah, there's a lot of like glad to be here kind of vibes with them uh which which is good it's it great. is good because if you're an agent for a guy in the draft and let's say who's thinking about going like in the 20s mm-hmm. like why would you not target Oklahoma City as a favored destination because if if your guy is good he is going to get significant playing time like not just i mean we we talked about Ty Jerome on the Suns he got 10 minutes per game his first year yeah. and he's exactly the kind of like late first round pick who could get a lot of minutes on the thunder and eventually get paid which is like the big yeah. deal for the agents like that's that's what it's mm-hmm. all about is making your guys happy and getting them paid and if they're succeeding here it's great i mean like i mean ennis canner's agents got to be elated that he landed in oklahoma city because does he get that contract if he stays in utah and he's like the backup center there and is kind of seen as like a villain. I mean, maybe not. He yeah. may have been closer to the trajectory he's on now, which is he's kind of bounced around on smaller deals. So maybe he never even gets that big payday. So you want you want your guys to come here. Even Dion. Dion got, got paid by Miami. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which of the guys on the current roster end up getting like a decent contract when mm-hmm. when they when it comes up again. Mm-hmm. Um because we've talked about, like, I don't think 
all of these guys can be on this roster going forward, like obviously because of all the picks that are coming in. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see around the league who the league thinks the Thunder have unearthed as like quality NBA rotation players going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Sam Presti is supposed to talk tomorrow. Oh, that will, and that will kind of wrap things up for the season for the Thunder until kind of the draft combine, draft lottery, NBA draft, and then free agency. You know, the Thunder likely won't be very involved in free agency, but I would expect, you know, trades and things of that nature to take place at that time. So should be a very interesting offseason, but it's time to take a look back at the season, Alex, and specifically the preseason when we did our over-unders for the NBA. And we always, we do these podcasts, we do the, the preseason, and then we do the postseason over-unders podcast. And now it's time, Al. It's finally time. It is time. It is time, finally, because even up until this last week of the season, I was going to do this last week, but there were still like four or five teams where it could have gone either way, including the Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. It's wild. It is very wild. So I'm just going to read off like a handful at a time. And if if any of them stick out to you, uh, let me know. We can talk about them further. But I wanted to start at the top, the best Mm -hmm. teams in the league, because you and I aced this. We aced it, Andrew. The top four teams in the league. So the top two in both conferences, Utah, Phoenix, Philly, and Brooklyn. We took the over on all four of those. Nice. All of them them nailed it. All of them had plenty of room to spare. The closest one was Brooklyn, which in retrospect, like it's pretty impressive that they like beat their over-under by three, considering how often Kevin Durant and Kyrie and James Harden were out of the lineup. (laughs) No kidding. I know that is that is something. That's that's where Steve Nash should get some attention. Is that he held that was able to hold that team together through such a rough season? Yeah, for sure. We both felt really great about Philly, and that definitely came through. I mean, I think just putting a functional team around Joel Embiid um, really made the difference there. Phoenix and Utah mm-hmm. both beat their over under by over nine games. So Utah was at nine and a half, and Phoenix was at twelve and a half. I mean, and and we've talked about this all season, but even the highest expectations for Phoenix had them like at the four or five spot. And for them to outplay that by such a significant margin is pretty incredible. And I completely understand why people are talking about CP3 as like, you know, a top five MVP candidate or putting them on Mm -hmm. the all NBA teams. What I don't understand Mm -hmm. is the backlash to that. There's some there's some backlash on Twitter to CP3. What's the backlash? People like his just not counting stats or something. Uh, yeah, basically, and people just not wanting to believe that Chris Paul, this old, really had that much of an influence on on the Suns team. Like, obviously, he's been great, but there's all these other players on the Suns that have gotten significantly better, like you know, Mikael Bridges or or Cam Johnson. Uh, Jay Crowder's been good. Devin Booker's mm-hmm. good, obviously, but uh, for for. For me, as someone who watched CP3 last year and watched him make almost every player on that team significantly better, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, mm-hmm. career year. Danilo Gallinari had an amazing year for the Thunder. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just feel like it's obvious that – like, I, I can't deny at this point that Chris Paul is having a huge influence on teams. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's kind of weird that people are pushing back at something like that so much. It's just to me, it it, it is like it's stat watching and not watching the games. Because if you watch the games, like he's their closer, he's controls the offense. I don't know why. That's mm. that's a wild one. And also helped DeAndre Ayton. I mean, a lot of big guys have been helped by by Chris Paul in the past. So I don't know. It's weird. So the next four. Two of them we got right again. The Clippers. The Clippers over under going this season, 46 and a half. Hmm. I, I, that was one of my locks. I felt like the Clippers were so underrated coming into the season because of what happened in the bubble. Everyone was just yeah. writing them off, wanting to, to say playoff P over and over again. <laughs> I was so confident. Yeah. Well, Andrew, they beat it, but they beat it by a half a game. Yeah. The Clippers. <laughs> but it still counts. Hey, still you still get there. The other one that was very surprising, we both took the over on Portland, preseason over uh-huh. under 40 and a half. They end up at 42. So they only beat it Ooh. by a game and a half. And when you think back to all the injuries they had with CJ mm-hmm. and Nurk being out, they really did have a pretty incredible season and they needed to be on fire at the end of the season to beat this. I was going to say and that last won. stretch, that last stretch got us there. It it was uh <laughs> concerning. At different points right, in yeah. this season. Okay, now we get to our first disagreements, Andrew. Our first disagreements. We finally got into them. Okay. The, Den- the Denver Nuggets, preseason over under 43 and a half. Mm-hmm. It was looking good for me early because I took the under. Denver was looking out of sorts, you might say. They mm-hmm. just they did not look like an impressive team. But where's Jeremy Grant? Where's yeah. Jeremy? Everyone was jeremy grant and we knew where he was we were saying he's in detroit (laughs) yeah uh they beat it they ended up with 47 wins beat it by three and a half wins you took the over i i don't even like i don't know what to say like they they have been one of the more impressive teams at the end of the season as well up there with portland Mm -hmm. and meanwhile they lost you know arguably their second or third best player with jamal murray it's really been an incredible run here at the end of the season Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they've that just kind of continue to evolve into this Jokic-based team. And then MPJ, he's been a revelation. He's been everything that people thought that he could be. He's been that and maybe more. He's He's been very impressive as a as a shot creator, as a guy that hits the three ball. Uh, it's He's really stepped up, which has been kind of the, the key to them getting these 47 wins. Yeah, there was a stat about his three-point shooting. Um, you know, one of those it was a it was a graph plotting him against other shooters in the league. And I think it was for mm-hmm. contested three point percentage. And mm-hmm. he was like in the far top right corner of that graph. Like he is <laughs> one of the elite shooters in the game, and it is only his second year. Mm-hmm. Um, another one we flipped on this time in my favor, Andrew, the Milwaukee Bucks over under mm. 50 and a half. Did you know that before the Ooh. season, they had the highest over under total in the league at 50 and a half? Yeah. And they only ended up with 46 wins. Yeah. So missed it by four and a half games. You took the over. I took the under. So after nine teams, Andrew, those are the top nine records in the league. We are tied. We are Ooh. tied, Andrew. Feeling pretty good so far. But after that, it starts getting significantly worse for me. Now, I just want to pick out a few uh, before we go into some ones that we uh, agreed with or disagree with. We got three uh-huh. absolutely wrong. 
and it was the Lakers, Atlanta, and the Knicks. Oh. Now, the Lakers one is obvious because yeah. LeBron got hurt. I think, you know, yeah, obviously, yeah, if yeah. LeBron doesn't get hurt, we're doing good there. Their over-under was only 47 and a half. They only got to uh-huh. 42 wins. It's, But I think Atlanta and New York are the two most interesting ones because you will admit, especially you, and I will admit mm-hmm. for the Knicks, like mm-hmm. the Hawks were your preseason, what is this team? What did they really do? Is this all yeah. a joke? Yeah, definitely. So still, still do not deviate from that, but yeah, cool. Really? So does that mean that you're feeling pretty confident about the Knicks in the 4-5 matchup? It's all, it's all about like future potential with them. I do see a path to them being a conference finals team. I'd, I would say, it, I mean, it all hinges for me on DeAndre Hunter because he yeah. was their second best player before he got hurt. And mm-hmm. if you bring him back and your core is DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella, and Trey Young, like, I do think they're starting to build a defensive team around Trey that could work. And you supplement that with shooting with Gallo and Bogdanovich. Like, I don't think it's out of the question. Just because, like, they've been so good since Nate McMillan took over. I mean, they ended up beating their over-under by seven and a half games. Preseason, 33 and a half. End up at 41 wins. And that that was not assured when Lloyd Pierce was the coach. I mean, they were middling oh, yeah we we were feeling great about our preseason predictions about the hawks so they've really turned mm-hmm. it around is there a conference finals team in there i mean probably not without a second star yeah but that's, that's my whole that's my that's my whole thing and that was the whole thing with the hawks is that you don't have to go get all these guys you don't have to do that you can still try to get your second star because I still think that that's they still need another one of those guys. And if Bogdanovich was twenty three, then I'd be like, okay, like maybe you've got a shot to get there because he can get better. But like, this is this is he's been very good, but this is probably what you're going to get from him moving forward, which is not bad. But I just don't, I don't know. I just I just wish a little bit more for Atlanta. I'll say this though, we watched. Mm-hmm. Atlanta for a decade have this team with Joe Johnson and Josh Smith, now Horford. We're like, sure, you never believed in that team. No one ever believed in that Hawks team. I'm just afraid we're heading for that same kind of ceiling where you just keep hitting. They they reach their ceiling, great, right? But no, I, they just they, you don't. You, there's nothing to they they can never like they. I just don't see them being better than Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly. I just don't see a chance of that. And then Miami's always going to be good. I think Boston will bounce back and be better next year. I just don't know. I think they're they're fine. They're fine and they're good and they're they've got some good players. That's great. I just I don't know. I just have loftier goals. I That's I was all. just I brought up that Atlanta team because I just wanted to say that I I have higher hopes, higher expectations for this Atlanta team just because I think that Trey Young is a superstar in this league and I think he's had actually an amazing year and mm-hmm. was just forgotten which is fine because mm-hmm. they were bad early in the season mm-hmm. but I just I I believe in this team long term more than I've ever believed in that in those old Atlanta Hawks team which were better teams I mean one of those Hawks teams won 60 games but I yeah. never believed in those teams yeah. which by the way how do you feel about the Hall of Fame? Because I was thinking, uh, as Chris Weber made it, 
And mm-hmm. I just have, I, I do not like the basketball hall of fame um, because I feel like it's a basketball hall of very good. And I was thinking like Joe Johnson's probably a definite hall of famer, isn't he? Like with the amount of all-star teams he made and stuff like that. Yeah. Scores. Yeah. Points scored. Probably. But like he's, he should not be a hall of famer, but he's going to be because that's, those are the kind of guys that we, that we reward. Like, do you have any great memories? Any Joe Johnson memories? Uh, no, he's, he was good, but he was very good. There's no memories, no memories. And I honestly, I feel the same way about Chris Weber. Chris, Chris Weber, a little bit more memorable, but I just like putting him up there with like this class this year. With yeah. Kobe, Duncan, and KG, like those yeah. are Hall of Famers. Like those are guys that I would tell people stories about. Sick class, bro. Yeah, sick class. Anyways, really the Knicks twenty-two and a half over under this year. They were the biggest Ooh. surprise in the league. Beat their over under by eighteen and a half games, and we mm-hmm. took the under. Both of us. Hey. They beat it by eighteen and a half games. We took the under. I mean, I didn't see I didn't see this version of Randall. I didn't see like Randall as like the centerpiece of your team leading you to the playoffs. Well, neither did the Knicks because they drafted Obi Toppin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that uh, that's that's the one thing that could have another player on their team that could be helping. I think they are going into the offseason the most interesting team in the league because they have the cap space to do something stupid, like really stupid. They have so much cap space. On the flip side, they have the cap space to dramatically improve this team. Yeah. And you know they're going to chase the wins. Like they're going to try to recapture this this moment with this team no and doubt. go forward. Like there's no chance that Julius Randle's leaving the Knicks. I'd be shocked. Like he is going to be a centerpiece for their team going forward. Mm-hmm. They're going to probably bring back a lot of those guys. I mean, I think Nerlens has been that team. But they have cap space to like do something significant. And we know what the free agent class looks like this summer. And so I don't know yeah. what that could possibly be. I really like Lonzo on that team if they wanted yeah, to overpay say, for him. I was going to say just Max Lonzo. Max Lonzo. I don't think New Orleans would do it. I don't think they'd match. I don't think so either. And that they're, they're just heading. It feels like they're just heading down the same Anthony Davis route. Well, did you, did you see the David Griffin, uh, his exit interview where he was like, they brought up the idea of spacing and shooting, and he basically mm-hmm. said, we're, we're never going to let that happen again, like not having enough shooting, which is a very interesting thing to say because obviously they gave that big contract to Steven Adams, and I don't know how you fix the spacing and shooting while also playing Zion and Steven Adams together. So I'm very interested to see what they do, or Jackson Hayes for that matter. I mean, he's not a shooter either. I know. Yeah. I. So it seems like they luck, have correctly – They've correctly diagnosed the problem, but then there does seem to be enough rumors and tea leaves out there suggesting that they might not match on a big Lonzo deal, who's definitely one of their best shooters. Makes me just wonder what's going on there. Um, Okay, so those were three in a row that we got terribly wrong. The Knicks one especially. (laughs) I'm embarrassed by the Knicks one because I was... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not embarrassed at all. We took the under at 22 and a half. They they would beat us by like 20 games. I know, man. I know that. I get that. They were, they've just been such, just a terrible, they've been a terrible team for so long. 
and there's there's just no reason to believe in them. There was no reason preseason to to believe in that team. See, more than any of these other ones that I got wrong, I feel like the thing I missed on the Knicks, and I even knew it, and I think we said it, was Tom Thibodeau is going to go for every single win. If he has to play his guys 40 minutes a night to get a win, yeah. he will do it. And, and so thinking yeah. that they would ever win 21 games, especially after we've seen what like it took for OKC to get to 21 games, like how much yeah. losing it took. Yeah, I just I, that's what that's the part that makes me feel dumb. Yeah, we we missed on the life cycle of the Tom Thibodeau teams, which is great in the beginning and then just slowly deteriorates until everybody hates it. Well, I focus right. too much. I focus too much on the ceiling of Tom Thibodeau, less on the floor. Like when they talk about DeMar DeRozan as a floor raiser, like Tom Thibodeau might be the ultimate floor raiser as a coach. Yeah, definitely. When he, when he comes into a team, like they are going to get significantly better. The fact that he turned that into a top like three defense or whatever with basically the same roster is probably one of the most impressive achievements of the year. It really is. Hey, Al, before we yeah. move on, let's go to the stream and do a little break uh we have miroslav in germany we have hoopstock 69 reporting live from the moon we have w rose 27 from kentucky we have wocek from i think he's from poland he didn't say here but he says what's up yoni from israel uh let's see we have daniel from the uk saying what's on we have jamie in mexico we have, let's see, Miyagi here. We have uh, Davis in Latvia and Christos in Greece. Thanks so much for following along. If you want to get a shout out, make sure that you follow us on YouTube. Hit the like button, subscribe to our channel, and we'll be right back after this quick. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it was time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back from that quick break. Alex, let's look at some more over-unders. Yeah, I'm just going to hit a couple that I thought were interesting. And uh, it's probably timely to talk about the Washington Wizards, who over-under mm-hmm. was 28 and a half. And they beat it by five and a half games, winning 34 oh. games. You took the over. I took the under. But I will remind you, we did this a day before the Russell Westbrook trade. And Mm. I feel pretty confident that if they had not made that trade, that team (laughs) with John Wall would have gone under. (laughs) Yes. And at the time, I was quite confident that they were going to make the Russell Westbrook trade. Oh, you were. That's unfair. You have more sources than I do. I have to rely on Luke. I know. (laughs) I had that in my back pocket. He wasn't giving me anything. (laughs) Uh, Man, that game was rough last night. Yeah, yeah, it 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 really was rough, and it's really disappointing that we don't get to see Wizards Nets round one. I know. I I'm so mad at myself for buying into that Wizards team. Like I was completely bought in to the point where my friend was texting me uh, early in the game, like, "Oh, is Boston really going to pull this off?" And I was like, "No, come on, Boston's terrible. They're terrible." I I complete I and and listen. Russ has to play better on Thursday night. He has mm-hmm. to. And there are plenty mm-hmm. of excuses to be made, and some of those are completely valid. Like, Bertans was terrible. And this roster in general for the Wizards has been terrible. Once mm-hmm. again, Russ's co-star is not 100% going into the playoffs. But <laughs> we also saw Russ lead this team from a cellar dweller. They had fewer wins than the Thunder less than two months ago. We mm-hmm. saw him dominate over this last stretch of the season and take this team to where they're at. So we know he can do it. And so to see him have a bad game, which it, it was a bad shooting night, is obviously his rebounding numbers were still awesome. It was just frustrating to see that. And I just really hope he plays better. Because you look on the other side, like we've talked about it this whole season. Like Boston's been such a like out of like they're such a funky team. They have no idea what's going on. It never seemed like they were going to put things together. And then they lose Jalen Brown. Then they lose Time Lord at part of the game. Marcus Smart mm-hmm. turns his ankle and it still ends up being a blowout. Like I just felt that like that was a really let down loss for the Wizards. Yeah. I mean Tate I mean Tatum was just overwhelming. He scored he 50. Was. I mean, he was just too good. Uh but I I don't know. On the, on the other side, like we we need the Wizards to beat the Pacers badly because the next best thing to Russ KD is Russ Embiid, right? Well, yeah. If our other option is like uh, Embiid Sabonis, yes, right. I'll take Russ Embiid. <laughs> Russ and Russ and Joel Embiid have always beefed, and if we can get even five games, that will make it so much better than just this Pacers team that you know inevitably will lose. And there's nothing, there's just nothing really fun about them. And you know they're going to fire their coach. You know they're probably going to clear house. And it's just like, ugh, get these guys out of here. Like, get get them gone. Like, I wanted LaMelo in that next game anyways. 
And then it's like, oh, come on, guys. Like, get, get them out of here. But it does, if you just go off the performances from yesterday, you're not feeling good about the Zards at all. Well, speaking of those Pacers that you apparently don't like, would you believe that in the preseason, you took the over on their 39 and a half over under? I took the under, one of the few where I uh, won when you did the opposite. They only ended up with mm-hmm. 34 wins. I have I couldn't believe that you had faith in the Pacers at the beginning of the season. I feel like they're one of the teams that you are always targeting. One of your most hated teams. <laughs> I, I I couldn't even recall one reason why I picked them over. <laughs> I don't know, but you did it. Now, a few that we got right that I am shocked that we both got right. Sacramento, mm-hmm. we both took the over on 28 and a half. They hit it. They ended up with 31 wins. And I think our our reasoning had to do with the fact that they are incapable of tanking. They cannot tank. I, I yes. posted on Twitter the other day in this in this playoff drought, which is now 15 seasons, they have acquired top three odds. So I'm not talking about what they ended up in the draft, like in the draft itself, what selection mm-hmm. acquiring the odds, like how OKC has top four odds. They've acquired top three odds only two times in 15 years while also never making the playoffs. That is incredible. Uh- they're they're just stuck in the phantom zone for forever they are and they just uh rehired oh i guess they're keeping luke walton and their fans are miserable about it yeah they're just shooting their fans in the foot just like it's just awful that's just why i get i give a and, and the reasons were well he really understands what these players are going through bro find somebody else anyone He's not been good anywhere he's been. He's not been good. He had that one run with the greatest team of all time. Cool. Gosh. He he said in an exit interview that a lot of coaches would come up to him after games this season and told him that the Kings played really hard. He said that. Help us us all. What do you think about that? Sorry, Um, Sacramento. I want to go over the ones that were closest. Okay, I've got so, five minutes, Al. I, I know, I know. Okay. First okay. one, Chicago. We both took the over. Over-under mm-hmm. was 30. They end up at 31 wins. By the skin of our teeth, we got that one. Wow. Golden State. Golden State's over-under was 38 and a half. I thought there was no chance they were getting to that midway through the season. I took the under mm-hmm. back in the preseason. You took the over. They end up at 39 mm-hmm. wins. Beat it by half a game. Miserable. (laughs) Two two other teams that beat theirs or didn't beat theirs by half a game. One is Cleveland, who we both took the over on, and it really felt like they should have gotten there. 21 and a half is their over under. They end up at 21 wins, miss it by half a game. And then, of course, the 22 wins. Well, they had 22? Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, we got it. Yeah, they had 22. Yeah, we did it. Oh, I'm oh, I'm changing that to green. <laughs> I am changing that to green. Oh, that helps me so much. <laughs> I needed that. Oh, wow. Yep. This means that I'm about to reveal your final score, Andrew. You're going to be impressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, the last the last one, of course, the Oklahoma City Thunder. 22 and a half over under. Mm-hmm. I took the over. You took the under. They end up at 22 wins. <laughs> Really, oh, the most man. insane undercover I've ever seen. Ever. 
Ever. Ever. Yeah. That in and of itself should make Thunder fans feel better. The fact that they hit that under. The fact that you can look back at this season, know that 22 and a half was the over-under at the start of the season, and they hit the under. Like, at some point, you just got to say, okay, fine. They did They did enough. They did yeah. enough. They somehow got under 22 and a half. <laughs> okay, so Andrew, there were only 29 because, remember, Houston was off the board. Oh, yeah. Because of the James Harden. Yeah. First, I'll reveal my own record, which, let me do the math real quick. I ended up 14 and 15. Basically what you would expect if you were flipping a coin. Yeah. Yuck. Oh, man. But you, Andrew, you ended up for the 2021 preseason over-unders 20 and 9. Wow. 20 and 9. Over 66% correct. Wow. You could be living in two houses right now if you would bet all of those. I should have been should be betting money. What am I doing? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, some of those were just so lucky. If I did bet money, I would have been freaking out at many points in the season. Especially oh, about yeah, the Thunder. The Thunder sure. had twenty. The Thunder had twenty wins in the middle of March, and they hit it. Congratulations and to them and to us. Yeah. Um. So tonight we got Lakers Warriors. I'm so Ooh. pumped. We cool. we have a we have a bet in the down to dunk group chat going on. Yep. Taylor made a wild mistake and decided to bet me that Denver was going to beat Portland a few nights ago on the last night of the season, even though it was already midway through the first quarter <laughs> and Portland was up by an incredible amount. So I was like, yeah, sure, oh. I'll take that bet. So to help him out, I did a double or nothing where I gave him the Lakers tonight and I took the Warriors, really just because I want to root against the Clippers. And so I want the Warriors to win so that the Lakers could potentially end up on the Clippers side of the bracket. That's it's all about. That is what it's all about for sure. Uh, Yeah, tonight during so pre pre pregame, halftime and postgame, I'll be on a live stream for The Athletic with Dave DeFore and special guests. So you can tune into that at the Athletics YouTube channel. So subscribe to that. If you want to watch me talk about basketball some more, I'll be there. So, uh, okay. The offseason begins, Al. We'll, we'll have the breakdown of Sam Presti's press conference on Friday. And uh, should be should be pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. All right. Thanks, Al. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys again. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.